Uh, it's a ministry in Lagos, Nigeria. Some of us, like I said, have been there to minister in that church. The medical mission, as well as uh, Angela went the other time for the uh, ladies' uh, conference, women's conference. And wonderful people. We've connected with them. For years, I've been looking for a group that I can really relate to and work with together. But um, the men of integrity, Bishop Yele actually oversees about 80 churches in Nigeria. He's based in Lagos, but there are other churches everywhere that he oversees. Uh, a man of integrity, uh, a great man of God, and I'm so glad that uh, we're associated with him. Would you please put your hands together and help me welcome him. Bishop, please come and share with us this morning. Somebody shout a loud hallelujah. If you are happy to be alive, shout a loud hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want to appreciate my brother. Brother, good luck. You see, I know many men of God. But I have, I've been looking for a friend. Over the years. You know, you can have many acquaintances, but no friend or few friends. And at the level God has taken me to in ministry, I have many acquaintances in ministry. But that friend has been lacking. You know, some years back, my daughter's husband was transferred to work here in Houston, Chevron Oil Company. So she was here with her husband for two, three or four years. And then she was looking for a place where her spirit will be well fed. She moved from place to place. Then she moved in here one day. And then she called us back in Nigeria. Say, there is a place. But the place is far from where she stays. You know, she stayed at Katy. They've moved back to Lagos now. So far. And here I am, heavily pregnant. With three toddlers. And doing the master's degree. I would have loved to be there. But for the distance. But that man, he's like my daddy. So she phoned, said, please, daddy, there is a man here who can be your friend. So when my wife came visiting, she brought my wife here. And my wife called me back in Lagos. He said, this man has got to be your friend. He's like you. You have a twin brother right here. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And the rest is now history. 
you know, we found the people, himself and the wife Angela, wonderful people. And then the team that came to our church in Lagos in March, wonderful team. I'd like to see those people again. Praise the Lord. You see, I have a habit. Sorry that I have not communicated with you, those who came. I have a habit. Perhaps I'm a little timid. You see, when I visit a church, I hardly like to communicate to the members of the church behind the pastor. I like to communicate with them with the knowledge of the pastor. Praise God. Perhaps it's a bad habit that I don't know. That is just how I am. And that is the only reason I have not been communicating. We keep talking about you all. all, And I want to say we love you. You made a great impact when you came to Lagos, that medical team. And the story is still there till date. And when we printed the flyer, the handbills about the women's conference, and then her photograph was there, Angela's photograph was there, some people thought that they were coming again for another medical. And I want to let you know that people are waiting for you. You touched lives. You saw the photographs of two kings that came. You know, two kings that came for that medical. And I want to say thank you so much for all your support. Praise the Lord. I say, I really appreciate. I feel so much at home here. The songs, as we are going on, you know, I, I, I just feel at home. This is a spiritual place. And I'm so happy to be connected to you all. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'd like to speak today on a topic, a message I have titled, The Old Man and the New Man. The Old Man and the New Man. The old man and the new man. There would have been no reason for a new man and an old man if Adam and Eve had not done what they did. Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1 from verse 26. Genesis 1 from verse 26. The Bible tells us that God created man in his image. And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion. So you could see, the earth as it is, was created for the man God made after his image to have dominion over. This was the original purpose. Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. So, this is the original purpose of God. Everything that God created was to be under the feet of the man he made. After his image, after his likeness. Then the next verse goes on. The next verse says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created him. Male and female created him. And the next verse goes on to say, And God blessed them. 
And God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion. But we all know what happened. Man declared independence from God. Man told God, I do not want to be under your government again. God wanted man to govern planet earth according to the will of heaven. Planet earth was given to man to be in charge of earth. God was not to run planet earth. Planet earth was for who? For man. That is made after his own image. That was why. I believe. When the Lord Jesus came. The the last Adam came. The demons were saying. We know who you are. You are the son of God. Because they too were in heaven. And they knew him. So we know you, you are the son of God. To me, that is how I interpret that place. I take that place to mean an accusation. As if you are not supposed to be here. That is my interpretation. You are the son of God. The earth was made for man, not for you. But they didn't know that the son of God became the son of man. So that man can become the son of God. So that man can have dominion again. Somebody shout dominion. Dominion. So man fell. And God picked Abraham to start a new race of men. And he told Abraham, In Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Because Adam failed. Adam was the man to have started the the race of men on earth. But he failed. So God has got to look for another man. And he found that man in who? Abraham. So Genesis chapter 12, 1 and 2. Tells us. And the Lord, Lord, the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto the land that I will show thee. Then they will say, And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great. Somebody shout great. And you shall be a blessing. The next verse says, And I will bless them that bless you, and cause it that causes you, and in you, all families of the earth shall be blessed. So we sing, Father Abraham has many sons. You know that song? Many songs has Father Abraham. Only I am myself. I am only one of them. Are you one of them? Are you one of them? Are you one of them? And we sing, Abraham's blessings are mine. You know that song? Abraham's blessings are mine. I am blessed in the morning. I am blessed in the evening. Abraham's 
blessings are mine. I believe if Adam had not done what he did, we must have been saying, Father Adam has many sons. <laughs> Praise the Lord that he failed. He saw Abraham. Abraham gave back to who? To Isaac, the child of promise. Child of who? Pro- we are children of promise. Somebody shall promise. And then, he gave that to Jacob. And Jacob went through trials. And then said, yes, you are the man. After you, the new race shall be lame. And then, he changed Jacob's name to what? Israel. The nature we have that is still there till today. So, he gave Israel his rules. God used Israel. God positioned Israel to use Israel to bring men back to God again. He gave Israel the rules, the commandments of how God should be worshipped. He picked them up to be a light to the world. But everywhere they've turned their backs on God. And he gave them laws. And we are happy that out of that Israel, out of that Israel, Jesus came in the flesh. So what was started in the Old Testament is still until now. Israel, a blessing to the whole world. Now, God may not go into some other things because of the time at my disposal. But you see, this new man that God wanted to create, Israel could not keep to the laws. The Bible said the laws go as a schoolmaster. So, in Ezekiel chapter 36, from verse 26, Ezekiel 36 from verse 26. When Israel turned their back on God and they could not keep to the law, God said, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within who? Within. Somebody say within. Within you. Take note. Within you. And I will take away the sunny heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. Then the next verse goes on to say. A new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the sunny heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. The next verse. Verse 27. And I will put my spirit within you. Somebody say within. And cause you to make you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Who can see the essence of the Holy Spirit in man? To make man to walk according to the ways of God. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Then the next verse now says, And you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. Then the next verse goes on to say, And I will also save you. And on and on, he said, And you will have dominion again. 
for now. Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Jesus came to start a new race of men. The new man, the new creature. How does this take place? What does the new birth mean? The new birth is this way. The Spirit of God, you, let me tell you this. God will never do anything against your will. Someone may ask, why did God give Adam the choice in the garden? Why did God not just program Adam to obey him? Love does not force people to obey. And God is love. When a man forces a woman to marry him, it's never a good marriage. It is love that will make a man talk to a woman. And then the woman looks at the man and falls in love and they start a relationship. God never forces. So God gave man a free will to love him or not to love him. God never does anything contrary to your will. So, everybody that was born after Adam was born in sin. Because Adam, the sin nature, had entered into him. And as the person gave birth to the human race, everyone born after him was born with the nature to sin. So, when you were a baby, nobody taught you how to, how to bite your mommy's breast. Nobody taught you how to be angry. You, as a child, you, you have children. Children just get angry naturally. Nobody taught them. The nature to sin is there. Because they were born like the, the, the program after that first Adam. So, we grow up. With the nature to sin. So parents will struggle to make sure that our children don't go the wrong way. Train up a child the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart. So you now see that when the child comes to the world and grows to become an adult, a day has to come in which that person decides to say, Yes, let the Spirit of God come into my life. And create in me a new heart. Because that old nature we are born with, flesh and blood, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That born of the spirit is spirit. So, a day has to come which you decide. Say, come, am I going to live my life this way? I need the Savior. I need the higher power to become the governing power of my life. And let me tell you this. When God created man, he made his spirit to be the governing power of his life. The spirit of man is the governor of man's life. That's how God created man. 
So, it was like this. Let me say, this is, this is the Spirit of God. The keyboard here is the Spirit of God before man fell. And here is the spirit of man, the human spirit. And here is the soul of man. And here is the body of man. Now let me ask again. What is this? Holy Spirit. Spirit of who? Of God. What is this? The spirit of man. What is this? The soul of man. What is this? The body of man. So, before man fell, all these three worked together. All these three, the Spirit of God was right there in the Spirit of man. That us make man after our image, after our likeness. And then the Spirit of God in charge of the Spirit of man, and the Spirit of, and the spirit of man in charge of the soul of man. In your soul lies your emotions, your mind, your intellect, your will. Then here lies the body of man. This body only does what it is told to do. And when trouble comes, it is the body we beat. It has less power. But when man fell, this was what happened. When man chose to obey. Said God, I am declaring independence from you. I do not want to be under you again. That was what was meant by man eating of that fruit. Because Satan told man, say, say, when you eat of it, say, you will be like who? Like God. So man wanted to be like God. He declared independence from God. Say, I want to be like you. Just as Satan did in heaven before. So what happened was that the spirit of man did what? The spirit of God departed. And the spirit of man now became, it was now in a powerless state. Man was now being ruled by his soul. So, the first thing man expressed after the fall was, I heard and I was afraid. So, the emotions of fear, man was now being ruled Principally, by where? By here. By intellect, the will, the, the, the mind, the emotions. <laughs> I was somewhere in my house the other day, some months back. And I have a grandson. He was about a year old then. As we were in the place. You know, Fraser, you know what, you know what I'm talking about. What we call the upper room right there. As we were there, there was some little noise. And my one-year-old grandson ran for his dear life. So at that age, already expressing the emotions of fear. So, man, the spirit left. Here, this soul became the governing power of man's life. And God did not create your mind, all your soul, all your emotions, all your will to be your governor. He created where? Your spirit to be the governor. Powered by the Holy Spirit. With this, you have dominion. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. So, when the last Adam, Jesus came, 
He came to bring about this recollection. Like we saw in Ezekiel. Say, I will put what? My spirit we are within you. Just as it was in Genesis chapter 1 from verse 26. So now, when you became born again, it is this recollection. But there is a problem with many Christians of today. The problem is this. Mind you, when man fell, the ruin, the danger, the damage did not only affect the spirit of man. When Adam fell, it did not only affect the spirit of Adam. It affected Adam's where? Soul and where? His body. So, when you not become born again, the mistake we make is this. We think that once we are born again, the Spirit of God in the heart of man, that is just the beginning of the walk with Christ. Being born again is the beginning of us, of the walk with Christ. Being born again is great, but it's not enough. So, if the Spirit of God is in your spirit, then God wants His Spirit to control your spirit. His Spirit to control your where? Your mind, isn't it? Your emotions, your will, your intellect, and then your body. Any salvation that ends here is not enough. Say, walk in the spirit. I will not fulfill the loss of the flesh. So once you are not born again, say, the spirit lost against the flesh and the flesh against the spirit. Say, and the two they are contrary. The gospel that we preach is the gospel of the cross. In First Corinthians chapter two, verse two. Apostle Paul said, I determined not to preach any other thing apart from Jesus and him crucified. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 2. That was the center of the gospel. Say, but I determined not on anything among you, said Jesus and him crucified. Now, this means that the Christian ought to live a crucified life. So, Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, it says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. So, the Christian life is the crucified life. So, on the cross, when Jesus came to raise a new side of men, when he came to raise a new set of men on the cross, there were three enemies that had power over the destinies of men that he dealt with on the cross. Somebody shall cross. Three that the cross dealt with. When you understand this, you will live the victorious Christian life. Number one, on the cross. He defeated the devil. In my country, Nigeria, 
A lot of the prayers is just only about the devil. I bind you. Even a headache that was caused by tiredness, say headache, I bind you. We say, no, this is not a demon. The I just want to feed the devil. Then number two, on the cross, he, the world was crucified. That is Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. Galatians 6, 14. Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. Say, but God forbid that I should glory set in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is was crucified unto me, and I unto the world. So, three things were achieved for us on the cross. What is the first one? Victory against who? The devil. Number two, what? The world. When you say the world, what do we mean? We're talking about, when you say the world, say you are world, the world, talking about the system, the entertainment system, the financial system, the fornication system, the adultery system, the music system that Satan has put in place of what ought to have been. That is why it's known as what? The world. Say, we are in the world, but not of the world. So, in entertainment, in music, in whatever we do, we do not now bring ourselves under the system that Satan has arranged of pornography. A pastor met me some time ago. Say, I'm in trouble. What is it? Say pornography. Say he's addicted to it. I said, he said, he had prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and no solution. Say prayer doesn't cure, doesn't cure it. It is the crucified life that cures it. I may come to that. So, the system. So, when you say, you are not in Christ, a new creature. You are not born again. You don't bring your soul and your body under the worldly system set up by Satan. To entertain the world. Because you are not of the world. Am I talking to somebody? Because on the cross... As we saw in Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. Say the word is what? Crucified. Then, the third victory. So, on the cross itself, if you are facing problems with worldliness, well, you, 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 you will get the solution in a little while. Then, the third thing achieved for us on the cross was the old man crucified. Let me tell you this. The blood of Jesus washed away our sins. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. But the blood of Jesus did not wash away the old man. Now, 
Nowhere in the Bible we are we told that the blood washed away the old man. The blood washed away our sin. But the old man needed to be crucified. Because Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22 talks about the old man. Ephesians 4 22. He says about the old man. Ephesians 4 verse 22. He says that you put off concerning the former conversation, that is your former ways of life, the old man which is corrupt according to deceitful love. It is corrupt beyond repair. That nature, that Adamic nature, that authority system. So, what is done to the old man? I had a problem before I got married. Before I became born again, I used to like looking at women. Just looking at them. And after I finished my university education and did my national youth service and I got a house, my house was up. I would sit after work and just look at women passing, just admiring them. I was not a pastor. I kept looking at women. It was a problem. I said, okay, I said, I will come with an idea. So when I'm driving on the streets of the city, I will be saying, Lord, morph your anointing on me. Your anointing. Your anointing. And in as much as I asked for God's anointing upon my life, I found out that I was not looking at women. But how I felt out of bondage. I'm driving through the streets of Houston for two hours. Then I'm praying, more of your anointing. That is punishment. Isn't it? I did not plan to pray. I'm praying because of a reason. And I was tired of praying, more of your anointing. Until I found the solution. And I knew that that thing that was making me to look at women was in my old man. So I have been educated that way. In my old man. What am I going to do? No wonder. Apostle Paul wrote. Say the things I want to do, I found myself unable to do. They say, oh wretched man that I am. Say, Who can deliver me from the body of this death? There is a body of death in you. The old man. Until I came across Romans chapter 6 from verse 1. Romans chapter 6 from verse 1. Romans 6 from verse 1. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue to see that grace may abound? What is the answer? God forbid. Then the next verse, verse 2 says, God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Then the next verse goes on to say again. He says, Know ye not that so many of us as we are baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized unto his death? So what does baptism mean? 
Baptism means that when you are being dipped inside the water, you are incorporate that with who? With Jesus. Amen, somebody. Baptized into what? He is dead. As he died, so I'm also dying. Then, the next verse. Verse 4. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in what? In new... What is it? New what? New what? Newness of life. That is, set from now, begin to live like a new man. A new man. Newness of life. If any man be in Christ, all things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The old life is what? Gone. And God to start a brand new life. The next verse, verse 5. No, yeah. If for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Then verse six, and this was the verse that changed my life. Verse six and verse eleven were the verse that changed my life. Knowing this, oh my God, somebody said, knowing this, Amen. knowing this, that our old man is what crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. Knowing this, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Knowing this, knowing this. Then, verse 11 says, verse 11 says, 11. Verse 11 says, likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead unto sin. Now go to verse, verse 6 again, verse 6 again. Knowing this, knowing this, that was knowing this. That was where my deliverance came from. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You see, without the cross, we will not be where we are. Everything that we need as people of God in health, in healing, in prosperity, in marriage, in family, have been done with on the cross. Everything you need, the cross has provided for you. The day you accept that aspect of yourself, the cross has done this thing for me. So I cannot be in bondage again in this very area. That very day, the Holy Ghost comes and works on it. Are you listening to me? Are you getting me somebody? Knowing this. Let me say it again. Everything I need, I know of a man. This man was living in poverty. Where he knew one day, huh? So, on the cross, he took away my shame, my poverty. When he knew this, say, come from today, no way. I'm not a prosperous man. He went back home in his one room or two rooms that were dirty. But he had that spirit in him that things have changed. He accepted what Jesus did for him on the cross. And from that day, Things just began to open for him. And today, he's very prosperous in Nigeria. Knowing this. Knowing this. Doctors looked at my wife years ago. Her legs were swelling. She was becoming weak. And then, she went to the hospital. They said, oh, half of your heart is gone. 
What happened? Say, wait for death. For six or eight months, my wife was weak. But she never gave up. Knowing this, that on the cross, Jesus took away her heart disease. Knowing this. Kakakure mama. Knowing this. Anything that you know, the Holy Spirit will come and make it work for you. Somebody said, knowing this. I said, knowing this. You see, at school, when you were in high school or university, you are promoted from one class or the next because of what you know, isn't it? Knowing one plus one promoted you to the next class, isn't it? Knowing it's like the same. It's the same also in the school of the spirit. What you know? What you know? Knowing this. So my wife held on to it. Held on to it. I said, no. I cannot die young. It's impossible. I have known this truth. That on the cross, Jesus took away my heart disease. On the cross, he had heart disease. On the cross, he had venereal disease. On the cross, he was a murderer. On the cross, he was poor. On the cross, everything that the first Adam brought on planet Earth, he took it away. And the day... That problem you are passing through, the day you know that the cross has achieved it for you, knowing this, and you accept it, the Holy Ghost will come and make it work for you. Somebody shout hallelujah. So, in this work, the cross and the Holy Spirit, they work together. But you must accept first. Your will must accept it first. Then, the Holy Ghost will come. And make it. So, me knowing this, when I knew, say God, no? This old man that had been looking at women is crucified. Crucified. So, so when I want to look at her, say, hey, come on, you get back to the cross. Get back to the cross. You are crucified. You are dead. You are dead. The dead cannot control the living. Somebody shout hallelujah. Woo! Oh, come on. <laughs> and you know what? It was not overnight. But the more I kept doing it, progressively, 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 even if 20 naked women at a stage to get naked from in a room and I see them, I will walk past. Because knowing this has freed me from the power of the sin of lucre. <laughs> Somebody shout amen. amen. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. Somebody shout a big hallelujah. hallelujah. So now, there was this battle within me. The new man and who? And the old man. The old man said, come on, look at women. So the Bible says, the spirit was against what? The flesh. And the flesh against the spirit. And these two are contrary. So, in the person who is not born again, he's like a computer program. He has only one programming. The old nature. Amen, somebody. But when you are born again, you have what? Two what? Programs. Two programs in you. But, 
It is the program you allow into your system that does what? That comes up. Are you getting me? The two cannot operate at the same time. So now, I put it to you. Which program will you allow into your system? You say, you want to get angry with your wife, with your husband, and you want to just lose it. You ask yourself, is this the new creature or the old one? Then by the time you convince yourself that this old one, say, come on, jump back to the cross. I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm a new man in Christ. To be educated after the things of the Spirit. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout a big hallelujah. So, in Ephesians chapter 20, chapter 4 from verse 22. Ephesians 4 from verse 22. Besides this, we are being told in this place that these two programs are there in you. They are what I call two authority systems. Two sets of values that are where in you. I used to be afraid of flying airplanes. I used to be scared of heights. In an airplane, I'll be praying throughout the journey, speaking in tongues. And sinners will be jesting and laughing. What does it come on? What's wrong with me? Why can't I enjoy the flight? When I enter the plane, they say, enjoy your flight. And when I stop in, I am shaking. When they serve food, I say, don't bother. I mean, eat food in the air. Don't bother. Out of fear. I will pray. Prayer could not help me. Until I knew one day that that fear was in my old man. The new creature is not afraid. Paul says, say, anyone who is born of God overcomes who? The world. And this is a victory. That should be uh, 1 John chapter 5, chapter 4, verse 4. 1 John 4, 4. Don't, don't say, overcomes. I said, this is a victory that overcomes even our faith. And then, Timothy also says that, it tells us that God has not given us the spirit of fear. So I now knew, it's okay, that is the old man. And when fear wants us to come, no, I'm not a servant to fear again. Fear, old man crucified. And that was how today I can travel 16 hours on air non-stop. And I'm sleeping, and I'm eating, and I'm reading. Oh, one day, brother, good luck. I was on air. I brought my Bible. That time I used to be afraid. I said, let me read. The place I opened to was about heaven. Oh, God, I want to go to heaven yet. And I closed the place. <laughs> I closed it. Fear has torment. Fear has torment. So when fear wants to come, Anyone created in the image of God fears nothing. Fears what? Nothing. God, God fears nothing. Somebody say nothing. So, the two, they are there. So, that place again, uh, sister. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 again. So, 
These two systems are there. So, Apostle Paul, by the Holy Ghost, is telling us, say, put off. This is what he said, put off. You say, pray. You say, pray. No. What do you say? Put off. It's like switch that channel off. <laughs> Amen, somebody. Put off that channel. That has to do with your old habits. A man talked about how he was a chain smoker, smoking over 36 of cigarettes a day. And he gave his life to Christ. For some years, he didn't smoke. For from three to six years, he did not smoke again. And something happened that got him depressed. And a friend came. So, boy, cool down. Cool down your nerves. Take this cigarette. And he started smoking. He said, he, sm- and he, he said, he reduced smoking again. He said, when he took that stick of cigarette, it was as if he had never stopped smoking before. The first time he smoked in his life, he coughed. Isn't it those who have been smoking before? When he smoked the first time, do you enjoy it? No. Because he wanted to belong, hence he smoked. He coughed, and then he struggled, and then he now started smoking well. But this time around, after three to six years of not smoking again, when he tried it, it is as if he had never stopped smoking. The old man came again and took charge. Until after some time, he gave up. And he said, for so many years, he has never. He put off the old man, which is corrupt. Then the next verse says, the next verse says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Which Romans chapter 12 tells us. Being born again, a renewal process. The mind, the word of God, is you have to renew the mind so that your body can be properly led. Now, the next verse, verse 24 says, and that you put on who the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So, as a new man, the Spirit of God is in charge of who? Your human spirit. Already you are born again. So many are born again. Their spirit recreated. But their mind and their body, they still behave like unbelievers. And that is a tragedy. It means, and you see, when man fell, only his spirit did not fall. Spirit, soul, and body fell. We are ruined. So when Jesus came to do the repair work, he did not only come to repair only your spirit. It also has to affect your soul and your body. One day, a lawyer came and asked Jesus, say, what can I do to have eternal life? The Lord said, what does the Lord say? The man said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Then from there, Jesus went to the parable of the good Samaritan. Now, what did the Lord mean there? He means that you, your spirit, that is your heart. Love the Lord your God with your, all your heart. Heart means your what? Your spirit. Then with all your soul means your what? Your heart. This is your spirit. Where is this? Soul. With all your soul. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Allow God to be in charge of this place. Then, with all your soul and with all your 
nobody. Salvation is for the total man. Can somebody chant a loud hallelujah? Can somebody chant a big hallelujah? Paul says that this is the grace at our disposal. Because the ability for you to overcome sin has been put in you. And this is the ability, the Holy Spirit, right here in your human spirit. It is not left for you to decide in your will, in your mind. The problem now, here is born again. The Holy Ghost is here. The problem now is here and here for you to decide. Say, which of these will I put off? In Ephesians chapter 4, we read, when you go home, read it. And Colossians chapter 1, go home, read it. But let's read Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, verse, verse 10, as I round up. Colossians 1, 10. Colossians chapter 1, verse 10. Colossians. 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 Okay. Colossians. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Colossians. 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 Okay. Colossians. This reminds me, let me crack a joke, which some of you may not understand. You know, in my country, somebody was going somewhere. Say, please, uh, somebody from another tribe. He said, please, what is the way to such and such a road? The man said, when you get to that roundabout, then you branch the next Johnson. Johnson. Johnson, that is Johnson. That's right. They call J-Z. They branch the next Johnson. So the man is supposed to say, eh. so it is, it is young, 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 you are calling Johnson. <laughs> That man's life, they don't know how to pronounce Z. They pronounce Z, Y. They say, Yon Yon. <laughs> so it's Yon Yon. You are pronouncing Johnson. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I tell people that that person that you got married to, there are one or two habits that the person may not be able to handle. Maybe snoring. Maybe how to chew. Am I right, somebody? Maybe one thing or the other. Even Israel, when there was war with Benjamin, they say, Shibboleth. They say, Shibboleth. Even at the point of death, they don't know how to say Shibboleth. So in your marriage, that habit that is irritating you, let it not irritate you again. Let it not torment you again. Let it just amuse you and live with it. And we also had a big amen. And we said a big amen. When you sleep, you open your mouth and, and, the, and the spirit comes out. You stop it. That guy cannot stop it, man. <laughs> he can't stop it, man. Because the guy does not know that the mouth is open and the spirit is coming out. What do you do? Enjoy it. <laughs> Praise God. Praise the Lord. We are chatting with a couple, and the, the woman said, he, said, he, said, he says, the husband snores and snores and snores and snores. The man said, no, sir, I'm providing music. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Praise the Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Okay, uh, uh, go to verse 5, Colossians chapter 1, 5. 
Let me round up. Time has gone. Oh, I love being with you people. I love it. You know, what, what, you see, the, 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 I know what it means. What it means to stand before God's people. I say, God, I will never play games anywhere. I will never play games anywhere to entertain anywhere. I will deliver the word of life that will make people live the life they are supposed to live. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, verse 6, verse 6, verse 6, which is common to you as it is in all the world, and bring forth fruit as it does also in you since the day you heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. Then verse, verse 8, and ye, oh, Colossians chapter 3, 3, 3, please, 3, go to 3, 3, not 1, 3, co, 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 uh, Colossians chapter 3. Chapter 3. Chapter 3. Okay, take you from verse 1. Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. Amen. When you say Colossians in my country, they say, what are you saying? It's Colossians. (laughs) Colossians chapter 3. Yes. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek ye those things which are above. We are Christ is on the right hand of God. Then, the next verse says, Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. The next one. For you are dead and your life is filled with Christ in God. Then verse 4 says, So when Christ who is alive shall appear, Christ who is for our life. Christ in you. Huh? Christ where? Spirit of Christ, we are in your human spirit. The hope of what? Glory. When Christ, who is our life, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ what lives in me. Christ, who is our life, shall appear. Then shall he also appear with him in glory. Then the next verse. Next verse says. The next verse says. Mortify, I like this. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. That is put to death. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil conspicuous, convictions of which idolatry. Then the next verse, verse 6. For which things sake the wrath of God comes on the train of disobedience. Then the next verse. In which ye also walk sometime when you lived in them. Then verse 8. But it's a best now. Ye also put off. Someone say put off. Put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Someone say put off. Prayer cannot do this. You do what? You put off. You will decide your will. And then the Holy Ghost comes and makes it possible. Then the next verse. The next verse says. No, no verse, let me, what's on verse 8? Verse 8. What's on verse 8? Have we read verse 8? Yes. Now, okay. The next verse, verse 9. Say, lie not one to another, seeing that you have put up the old man with his deeds. Which is this. Read the Bible. Read the Bible, you will see this. Ladies and gentlemen, I've come to let you know today that you have the power to put up the old man. You have the power to put up anger. You have the power to say, sickness shall not have power over me. You have the power to say, demons shall not have power over me. 
have demons tormenting your family. You have the power to say, on the cross, Jesus defeated you. So you cannot torment my family. If you worldliness, you have the power. What is the problem they are passing through? You have the power. It is where inside you allow him to be in charge. Decide. And you will live what they call the victorious Christian life. Somebody shout, I'm a winner. Somebody shout, I'm a winner. Somebody shout, I'm a winner. Say after me, what it takes? Say after me, whatever it takes to have the winning life in my health, in my education, in my marriage, in my family, in my finances, everything has been put in my human spirit. The Holy Spirit in my human spirit is the governing power of my life as from today. I will allow him to govern my emotions, my mind, my intellect, my will, and my body. And with this, and with this, in the name of Jesus, I will be victorious. Somebody shout a big amen. You see, you, 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 you live in a prosperous country. A very prosperous country. A powerful country. A great country. God has blessed this country. In fact, this is not first world. This is on top of first world. You have all it takes. Each time I come here, I see the comfort. The financial system, the pension system, the insurance, everything is in place. And some people, they are working and working and working. And they have patterned their lives only within the system. By the time I retire, I will have this, I will have that, I will have that, I will have that. So just as you, as a believer, you have patterned your life also after what America, after what great America can offer. That is how also unbelievers have patterned their lives. What is the difference? What is the difference? The powerful American economy. You have made it your shelter. You have made it as your alpha and your omega. The unbeliever has made his alpha and omega. But the Bible tells me in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, say, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard what God has prepared for those that love him. I announce to you today, great Americans, that God has prepared for you something more than what America can offer. Can you shout a loud hallelujah? So, build your faith, not on what America can offer. Take what America can offer, take it. But build your faith on what God can offer. And you will see that in your own age, things shall be better for you. Someone say, big hallelujah. hallelujah. On the cross, problems cancelled. On the cross, flesh defeated. On the cross, demons defeated. On the cross, worldliness defeated. On the cross, the victory has been given to you. Move, and God will move with you. 
be bold and God will take care of you. That prayer they are passing through, I say you will overcome. Rise and shout, I will overcome. Rise and and shout, I will overcome. Please stand on your feet and stretch your hands here. I want to pray for you. Anyone here? Under the bondage of sin. Anyone here? Under the bondage, you have struggled and struggled and struggled. Anyone here? Under the power of Satan. In the name above all names, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I bind those powers. I say, lose your hold. Can we shout a loud amen? Anyone here? Who they say your story has ended? That from now on, it is your fall that shall be announced. I'm here to announce to you today that today, because you have heard the message of the cross, it has been reversed. Anyone here who has been stagnant or you have been falling in fortune, in prosperity, in peace, in any aspect of your life, because of what God did on the cross today, I say it has been reversed. Can you shout a loud amen? Can you shout a loud amen? Can you shout a big amen? Anyone sentenced to a life of falling today, I announce to you, I say from today, your story shall be that of rise and rise. If you believe, say amen. Amen. Someone say rise and rise. I say from today, your story is that of rise and rise. I speak as a prophet and whatever I say, it comes to pass. Just accept it. I hear testimonies from all over the world. People who associate with me and they accept my prayers. Lady come from Canada the other day. Say, come, you spoke this and I took it in and then I say, I'm wealthy, I'm rich. When I speak, accept it. Because I speak as a prophet. Today I have come to give you the word. But with less of prayer. But I want to speak into your lives. Are you ready to receive it? And I say to you, that as from today, your story is out of rise and rise. Can you say amen to that? Can you say amen to that? Can you say amen to that? In your marriage, rise and rise. In your finances, rise and rise. In your profession, rise and rise. Things that have gotten rotten in your lives. Today, I command a resurrection. A resurrection. A resurrection. I say, come alive. 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 In the name of Jesus. And we shout out the loud amen. I ask, 
that the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, who visited the womb of Mary and made it possible for Jesus to come to planet Earth, let that Holy Spirit visit that rotting area of your life and make it to come alive. So as I'm the Holy Spirit, so as I'm the Holy Spirit, here I am. Come and visit me in that area of my need. Just close your eyes. As it does its work in you. Can I lay hands? Pastor, good luck. As it does its hands on you, just close your eyes. You know that area of need. That place where you know things are not okay in your life. Suffering pains. Things are bad. Things are not okay. 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 Come on. Sister. I command that in the name above all names, your walk in life shall be sweet. Can go here. Amen. What happened to you now? How you feel? Yes, yes. What happened to you right now? I feel a burden has been lifted. A burden lifted. Why did you fall? What happened? I felt the Holy Spirit come on me. Somebody shout hallelujah. Oh, I've got to stop. I've got to stop. An anointing is coming on me to minister, but I've got to stop. I've got to stop, 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 I've got to stop. I say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, let the power of the Holy Ghost visit you to meet your need. Can we say a big hallelujah? Can we say a big hallelujah? And I say, that need shall be met, shall be met, shall be met, shall be met. And we say a big amen. God bless you. I love you all. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Pastor, good luck. Bow your head. Close your eyes. I'm sure the word of God was speaking to some people here today. The first thing is to know Jesus intimately. That's what life is all about. When you're born into this world, God has ordained for you to connect with your Savior, the only Savior of the world. And if you have not connected, today you can connect with Him. All you have to do is say, yes, I need you, Jesus. I want to be part of your life.